Welcome back to Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer. In this episode, we're going to cover five signs that your brand needs a repositioning. Tom and I got so in detail over this topic that we actually split this episode into two episodes. So this is part one. And once you're done with this, head on over to part two to continue listening to the conversation. You're listening to Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer with hosts Tom and Kate. Your survival guide begins now. Welcome back to Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer. I'm Kate Peters. And I'm Tom Gallego. I'm feeling really good about this episode because Tom and I have been chatting off recording for a while and I'm like, the energy is high and I feel like the passion is high. I think you're right. And I feel like we're going to get in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good for the audience. Yeah. Kate and Tom get in a fight. Yeah. We're talking about Tom's favorite subject today and one that we've literally already been debating about, which we've also had a lot of conversations about recently with just in our team and our clients and anyone that's come to us recently. And that's all about brand. So the first debate that Tom and I got into was, is this episode about brand rebranding or rebrand positioning? And you might think they're the same, but they're not. And Tom's going to tell you why. Yeah. And I just call it positioning. Um, rebrand, rebranding is a scary term for most marketers and it's a traumatic experience and, um, something we, we probably want to be very careful with right Yeah. now. If your brand has developed a certain positioning that you don't like, or maybe it has no positioning, we've seen that too, or it's very weak, uh, things need to be addressed. They need to be talked about. They need to be strategized and a foundation needs to be put up. Um, The visual brand identity needs to support the positioning. um, Which is the one thing that I feel like people think about when they think about brand is the visual aspects. Like, I don't think there's aspects of brand that people realize are part of branding. Yeah. Like you think, oh, brand, you think it's like, what does it look like? What is the logo? What are the colors? What is it like visually? How is it shown? But it's like, that's such a small piece of the pie. Yeah. Like the TNK um, double bar brand on your steer, right? That's roaming across the. I don't know what uh, any of those words. Yeah, mean. that's Tom and Kate. It's our ranch. Oh, that's TNK. And you TNK. get a steer. That's yeah, awesome. you get this steer roaming across. That's actually a visual brand, right? That's. What's a steer? It's a cow. Oh, okay. So we're Western now. <laughs> but you're talking about the visual identity, right? I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's true. the basis yeah. of that's where. That's we, where a brand usually starts, right? Yeah. With we don't really identity. have a visual identity for this podcast. We should do like a photo shoot and make, and like really lean into like a visual aspect, maybe should, on a ranch. <laughs> you're, you're saying we should develop our own brand and our own positioning yeah. for the Tom and Kate podcast. Yeah, sure am. Adapt and thrive. Yeah. Right. We'll tackle that another day. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of elements that go into brand. So let's chat about that first because I think that's important to understand before we get into anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So like right. you said, visual brand identity, right? brand positioning is your yeah. favorite one. Tagline, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It all supports, it all kind of works together in a system, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The positioning is probably, would you say the positioning is the most important element? Well, it's a positioning is a byproduct of, of how you feel about a brand, right? So everything has to... I don't know if there is a most important, I would say they're all important, you know, because uh, branding is so key today. So critically important, more so than it it's ever been. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because back in the day 
when I first got into the business of advertising and fell in love with branding, um, any one category might have three, four competitors, five. Now you have 40, 50, 60 mm -hmm. competitors. So how does the consumer differentiate between all these competitors? Mm -hmm. it's, it's they look at a brand and they go, how does it make me feel? Mm -hmm. And that's the positioning, you know, because you love Subaru. And I know yeah. why you love Subaru. It's I the do. positioning of Subaru that's worked. They, they've I worked like the really hard to get that positioning. You know what it is? I feel like as human beings, this is probably a bad thing. I feel like we have our own brand. Like I have a brand yes, as a human being. Yes, a personal being. brand. I remember, this is the this is a side story. I went, so when I, I'm from East Coast, when I moved to California, I went to a party in LA when I was like 26 and I met this, this group of people and they were talking to me and this one guy was like, so like, what's your brand? And I was like, what? And he was like, like, what's your brand? Like, who are you? Like, what's your vibe? What do you do? Like, what's, tell me about your brand. And I was so taken back because I was like, first of all, that's the most LA thing I've ever been asked. Totally. And it's totally a pickup line too. Uh, think about I that. don't think he was interested in, in women, but and he was very nice. Okay. But yeah, you know, he was, and he had a brand. Like he was very, like he had his style was like very specific. Like he, I could tell his personality, like he was very like, he just, he had a brand. And so, and I'm like this like little East coaster with like no brands. And so I'm like, Oh my God, I need a brand. I need a brand. So yeah, I, I feel like we all have brands as humans. And when we shop, we look for things that support that. And that's a weird concept, but it's true. So when I needed a car, I bought my Subaru, like three years ago. I don't know anything about cars. I've never bought a car in my entire life. I like was driving my dad's car from like the nineties when I bought this Subaru. Yeah. And I, and I, um, I knew I wanted a Subaru because I don't know anything about cars, but I know that I like the vibe. You like the vibe. I like the vibe because so I like hiking you, and I have a dog and well, I, well don't, don't go there yet because, and we're going to get to Seth in a minute who's standing in the wings, but you, you have a, you chose Subaru. You're, yes. And I know this. It's so audience know this about Kate. She is passionate about Subaru. So already you can tell, like, it would be a complete disconnect if you did not like dogs. Yes. You love dogs. You can't, you can't you not dogs. like dogs and own a Subaru. Exactly. You love camping. I love camping. You love the outdoors. Yeah. You love the individualism that the Subaru affords you. It says, look, that girl's going to go drive off into the mountains and yeah. she's going to, she's like going to have Subaru fun. Like my Subaru deserves a rooftop tent. Like it needs yeah. to be accessorized right. to match right. the rest of my brand. Yeah. Right. And you're, you have the most, uh, outdoorsy of all Subarus. It's kind of this kind of uh, woodsy green, right? Uh, I think it's like a Navy, but I have the Forester, which is like one of the best ones. Okay. Maybe that's where I get the green. Yeah. Forester. I sure love her. Right. I mean, I just had to buy four new tires for her this weekend. So right. treat her right. So, so Seth over here, he, he's passionate about Sony, Sony equipment. Um, Seth's our, our video content creator, skilled yeah. video, video guy standing in the wing. <laughs> And he says he claims that uh, he doesn't want to learn any other equipment, but that's not it. He loves Sony. So why he's do you, a good. Do you want him to tell us why? Sure. <laughs> All right, wait, come here, Seth. Oh, no. Take my mic. Okay. I have to take your mic. Yeah, here. Um, yeah, I love Sony. Uh, I'm a Sony fanboy. Um, my friends say it very well. It's Sony or baloney. Um, it's, it's just the best. It's the, the best run and gun system that you can get. Um, Would you ever use a different camera? Yeah, I would probably switch to like a red or like Ari, but um, Canon, it's, it's not doing it for me. Panasonic, Nikon, none of those. Mm -mm. 
It's not going to happen. Yeah, you heard good it here enough. first. He's a Sony guy. <clears throat> and when people say they they don't uh, that brand doesn't affect them, it's it's normally just the opposite. As I had a client once, and she's we're talking about brand, and she goes, "Yeah, I, I could care less about brands; they don't affect me." And here's and I looked down, and she's carrying a Prada purse, and I said, "Can can I ask you what kind of purse that is?" And you know, she tells me, and I said, "Can you?" on the table what 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 is it about that purse like she went off for the next 15 minutes telling me how cool this purse is and where she got it and how much she spent on it and yeah well and i went i looked at her like really so you don't you're not passionate about any brands you don't like brands and she like stopped herself and was kind of like oh, chuckled no. and kind of <laughs> laughed so you know you may not think you 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 know brands affect you but uh when you get right down to it they do. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's so much so that you don't even realize it's affecting you. Um, my favorite story in branding is the story of Ellie Vest, <clears throat> which yeah. Ellie Vest we've talked about before is an app for female investors. So they basically made an app that specifically helps women learn how to invest and obviously provide a platform for investing. So when they entered the market, obviously there are other things that women can do to invest. There's other platforms that they can use. So it was a relatively saturated market, but they had seen that other companies had tried to do it where they specifically targeted females and they failed yeah. mm -hmm. because they thought branding was, Oh, let's just like make some advertisement and put pink on them or let's replace the male models with female models in our ads or put up a couple flashy words that would speak to females. And it just didn't work because women just kind of saw right through it. They're like, okay, great. Like you're trying to just target women. Like I don't really care. Um, it's disingenuous. It's not exactly. And, it, and it's not uh, supporting their positioning if they have one, you know, so you, you need to be genuine. You need to be true to your positioning. Elvis was all in yes. on females. females. And so what do you have to do when you start a new brand? You have to know exactly who your target demo is. So what they did is that, and their, their founder, Sally Kralchak, she was told over and over again, like women don't want to invest. They don't want to invest. They're afraid. They're feel fearful. Like their, their husbands will do it for them. They're risk adverse. So she knew that. So instead of like shying away from that, she leaned into it. So instead of, um, making the mindset of like, you should do this because it's so great. It was, you should do this because look how bad it will be if you don't. So they made their whole brand around like, like the bad things that could happen from not investing. Like look at the wage pay gap that we have. Look at the fact, look yeah. at the divorce rate. Look at like all of these factors that would leave you on your own if you didn't financially, you know, set yourself up for success. So they leaned into that kind of like, I, I don't want to say fear tactic, but they knew that women were risk adverse. So they leaned into the, the bigger risk being not investing. Mm -hmm. And that worked yeah. really well for them. They've been in business for eight years. They're a $153 million company. They have 350,000 Instagram followers. Like they are incredibly successful. Um, and they, and they honored one of the 22 immutable laws of branding. One of the most important one, well, they're all important, all 22, but, but it goes something like this marketers out there, a brand the strength of a brand, the power of a brand is inversely proportion, proportional to its scope. So their scope is, is narrow, narrow, narrow. Very it's, narrow. It's women. It's, and it's, it's young women. Young women. Too. Yeah. yeah. Women in their like twenties and thirties. Yeah. Which, you know, why would you do something like that? Well, she built a powerful brand because she, she intuitively knew that the, 
the power of Elves was was dependent on its scope and how s narrow that scope is. So when I talk to clients sometimes and they go, I want to appeal to everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a good strategy if you're going to build a powerful brand. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Yep. Like start, like, would you suggest like it, like start in a niche? Cause you can always branch out. Don't try to appeal to everyone. Well, you just, you just described, um, breaking one of the other 22 immutable laws of branding. And that is a brand extension by oh. and large. They're a hundred percent failures. Yeah. You hate brand, brand extensions. extensions. Hate them. Yeah. Hate them. So I would say instead of extending the brand, like, like starting narrow and then, and then going, okay, we want, we want now a, uh, investment platform for men, um, who are nearing retirement age. Mm -hmm. Don't try and adapt Elvis cause you're going to, you're just going to uh, poison or really disrupt their positioning. What you want to do is create, you know, it sounds, it sounds hard and it sounds difficult, but it's, it, you're going to be much better off if you, if you create a new brand that's specifically for men, right? Mm -hmm. And the visual identity, the positioning, all of the the tools around it, all of the 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 voice of it is going to support a man. So it's a it's a different branding exercise, and it's a different company. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's almost like you could just start like a separate company that has similar offerings but a different target. That's what you would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. The other thing I want to talk about with Elvis that I, I I also love about them, and this is probably more in the brand positioning part of it is that they decided they wanted to be a mission driven company. So if you look on their social media, it's like, they know they can't lead with like, you should go with our product because we're, we've got this, this, and this, because there's a dozen other products that have those exact same features, right? Like you can't just yeah. have a product these days and not expect to have at least 12 competitors that are offering the same thing. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but they leaned into the emotional aspect of their brand. So they position themselves as female activists. So in their social media, they don't just say like, you should try our investing app because we'll give you 5% back on these specific stocks. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know enough about it, but that's a very like tangible type of offering. It's a very salesy kind it's, of approach. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or yeah. like here, like I know we've like, we, we have people come to us all the time looking for agency help and they'll say, well, our product offers this, this, and this. And we're like, okay, but like, what is someone going to like, how are they going to feel about your product? Like other people offer those things. Like, right. that's great. Right. That those are the baselines. You have to have that to have a product, but like, how are people feel? Like, what are they going to think about when they think about your brand? And, a, and more often than not, they can't tell us, they don't know. So with Elvis, for example, they are, female activists. So their content covers on their social media, which like I mentioned, they have 350,000 followers. They talk about reproductive rights. They talk about maternity leave. They recently talked about black women's equal payday. So they're very much leaning into the side of like, we are for women made by women, but right. not just finance. Like we're not just going to pigeonhole ourselves into what our product offers. We're also going to be able to offer all of this content and resources and be a voice in the space. And I think that that's why they're so successful. Like this is one of my favorite brands because I think that they've done such a good job versus their competitors. Right. When they wanted females, they just slapped pink on their ads and it, yeah. you forget about them. So it's, it's really powerful. Well, so what you're talking about too is you, so after brand, once the brand is established and the, the, the company and the positioning and, 
it's all supporting, you know, that brand. The next step is marketing in, in, in the book adapt and, and die, right. That's free on our website. Written um, by Tom Gagan. Yeah. <laughs> and the team actually. Prestige the team. author. Uh, one of the most important, uh, aspects in marketing is to, and you just outlined it is know your audience, know your audience, know your audience. And they, yeah. Elvis knows their audience. So yeah. that's what they're, they're doing. They're playing to their audience and, and really, um, supporting the beliefs and the, you know, um, the inner workings of that audience. So, uh, that, that's a classic marketing strategy. Yeah. So it looks like they're it's doing smart. a lot of good things. They're doing good. I mean, imagine if Elvis came to an age, went to an agency and said, we're an investing app for women. And they were like, great. A third of your content should be about political issues with women. Yeah. They'd be like, wait, what? But that's yeah. what they did. And it worked so well for them. And now they have such a loyal audience cause it's emotional. Mm -hmm. All of these topics, you know? So yeah, you generally favorites. get, are going to get good, good, um, ideas and good strategy from agencies. Sure. We, you know, the, the old, <laughs> if you're looking for one, check out L7 Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the old, Open for business. Well, the, the old knock on, on always been the knock on agencies. This is why startups have so much problem with agencies is, is, uh, we, you know, it's always been said, quote unquote, we make things too difficult. You know, but no, it's, it's, it's we're just, just we figuring, you. we're figuring shit out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, we challenge you. Right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe and drop a comment on what topics you'd like to hear in future episodes. Good luck out there, marketers. Until next time. Thanks for listening to part one. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation, head over to the second part of it in our next episode.